1: Welcome to Time Enough Podcast, a podcast about the Twilight Zone and beyond. I'm your host, Luke Summerhayes, and this week I'm joined by James J. Boyles. Say hello, Jay. Hello. Jay, prior to this, had you had much experience with the Twilight Zone?
2: Um, So, no, it's the short answer. My um, only really kind of extended exposure to the Twilight Zone is... Dizzyland, the Tower of Terror ride in in in, uh, in Florida, Disneyland, Florida, um, which where you go through. Uh, I actually really enjoyed the, the the queue for the the ride more than anything else because you go through a uh, spooky hotel, um, and then into the the elevator shaft and the the obviously the ride itself um, at the end of the the sort of experience. But yeah, that's the the real kind of prolonged exposure to beyond the odd kind of parody you would see on the likes of Simpsons or Futurama but never actually an episode of the show that I think about it until now
1: yeah before this podcast started an excuse to watch every episode mostly my experience was also the Simpsons parodies yeah (laughs) um but I I had sought out and deliberately watched the like one or two of the really famous episodes mostly because I wanted to see the Shatner ones because I was a big Trekkie Mm. I
2: just I don't, I don't know where it would be available to watch normally like on UK teles. we were growing up
1: yeah well it wasn't basically I don't think I ever yeah. saw an episode on the TV but like like we did for this very easy to seek them out online
2: yes yes it is
1: <laughs> I mean I watched the legitimate blu-rays obviously yeah of course and it's I lent sure. Jay my copy
2: <laughs> you <laughs> posted it from Japan all the way to Scotland <laughs>
1: So, this week's episode is A Game of Pool. Give you a little bit of the trivia. This episode was written by George Clayton Johnson, who would write seven episodes of The Twilight Zone in total. And he wrote the story which apparently Ocean's Eleven is based on. Oh. Um, So, there was one in the 60s and then the new ones. But yeah, he gets to be credited as creator of Ocean's Eleven, so that's pretty cool.
2: Imagine if he's still alive he's raked in some nice royalties from that with the Clooney films and such
1: I don't believe he is because I think he was born in 1920 something
2: you never know
1: you never do now No. the director was A.E. Hewton uh, a prolific director of TV and stuff at the time and I think he did a total of like 9 episodes of The Twilight Zone And then our cast, basically, our first uh, main actor, Jack Klugman. uh, Like, super prolific character actor of the 50s and 60s, all over TV and movies. Eventually going on to star in The Odd Couple. And he was in four total Twilight Zone episodes. And then our other main actor is Jonathan Winters. Again, mega prolific back in the day, and then in more recently in the nineties and two thousands, loads of cartoon voices.
2: Oh, such as,
1: um, just like in all the cartoons you can think of, he had like one-off roles as like single episode old man or villain or something.
2: Got you, got you.
1: And then he was also the voice of Grandpa Smurf,
2: <laughs>
1: and in the recent live-action movies, the voice of Papa Smurf.
2: Oh, there we go. He, he got younger. <laughs>
1: the Apparently, something went on. Oh, I guess Grandpa Smurf remarried and had some kids.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Papa Smurf again.
1: Uh, but, Jay, if I could get you to read the opening Rod Serling narration.
2: Of course. Jesse Cardiff, pool shark, the best on Randall Street, will soon learn that trying to be the best at anything carries its own special risks in or out of the Twilight Zone.
1: Yeah, nice short little narration. This is a very, very small-scale, tight little... If it was a show that had a regular cast and set, you'd call this a bottle episode, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one room. It's uh... But I-, I suppose you kind of have the ethereal Twilight Zone... Version of the the, the pool hall, mm. but other than that, yeah, it's the pool hall. That it's, it's the whole the whole episode takes place in. Um, so it very it very much reminds me of like a kind of an intimate play in that sense. Yes, you know,
1: that's exactly my feeling as well. Yeah, they could, I would see this as a stage play.
2: Mm.
1: Um, yeah, so obviously, very, um, what I'm looking for. very much a human drama like it there's a game of pool but you could rewrite it with a game of poker or a game of tennis or a game of you know a duel with swords the story essentially wouldn't change
2: yeah um it's at uh, uh, its crux as like you said you replace it with any sport or anything that you're trying to be the best in, and it's it's still a story about you know obsession and and, and that whole idea of you know striving to be the very best to the point of well, burning yourself out
1: and I guess what it's getting at is that, you know, everyone out there who is the best like, there seems to be two, the two point of views is, uh, you've got Cardiff whose, his angle is that to be the best you have to be working all day every day at being the best
0: mm-hmm.
1: like classic, you know, like samurai swordsman sort of stuff Mm-hmm. And then you've got fats, who's like, being the best isn't so important that you shouldn't enjoy the rest of your life. It's Probably a more healthy attitude. But the question is, can you be the best with that attitude?
2: I mean, I think in this day and age, it's not not as much. If you think of like the, you know, the best athletes or the best footballers or the best sportsmen, sportswomen, what have you. They spend so much of their life dedicated to training from a very, very young age, like football, like just like of a footballer, like, uh, you know, they'll, they'll go to an academy. Um, I was reading like like from the age of like 12 or 13, they get like media training in like the top academies. Oh,
1: these days I bet like, they do, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's all, all striving towards be, to be the, you know, the very best footballers that they can be. But that's obviously taken up so much of their life. They wouldn't, they wouldn't get a, a quote unquote normal upbringing in that sense because they're being geared up towards being the best, and then let alone the, the hours they put in to maintain being the best once they're at a top club or what have you. So
1: um, I guess that's something that's changed even in the time like since this episode released and now is you think of footballers even in like the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, they're necking pints and eating pies. <laughs> yeah. Or like, think of your your darts players going up with a pint <laughs> in hand. <laughs>
2: yeah. Game's gone, the game's gone.
1: <laughs> Whereas now, yeah, the, maybe just because the competition is so fierce because, you know, there's scouts travelling all up and down the world. Yeah, you people really do feel the need to be the absolute best. And I guess there's a there's lot a- more Jimmy Cardiff's than there are Fats's in the world these days.
2: There was a line that Fats had about you know, you you want to see the records getting higher and higher and higher and it's, you know, maybe reaching well, it's easy to say that now who knows where we'll be in a hundred years time, but it feels like you're reaching that point of the you know, the the point of human perfection for a lot of these records, and how long are they going to stay unbroken, What, what sort of sacrifices are people going to have to make in the future to break records, to be the best in the future how much of their life are they going to have to to dedicate uh, and obsess over to to, to smashing some of the records that I'm sure will be set in the years to come. Uh, well, yeah, some at, of the records are already in place.
1: We're at that kind of peak where I remember, was it the Beijing Olympics where the difference in pool depth was enough that it was resetting all the swimming records? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the water physics right. was different or whatever, yeah. yeah. So in terms of like the human performance, we're almost at the peak and now it's like... Oh, can we make trainers which have like, sorry, sneakers for the American listeners? <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> oh, yeah, that talking 0.3% Talking about football earlier pounds. on.
2: <laughs> yeah, talking of <laughs> about meaning earlier on. If you're going for that.
0: <laughs> I'll
1: tell you one thing that I found really odd about this episode. That you've got the guy whose nickname is Fats. And he's calling him Fat Man throughout the episode. And by modern standards, he's pretty average sized.
2: That's a sad indictment on our our society these days, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs>
1: like,
2: <laughs> Jesus. I mean, you know, I, I was thinking that. Like, is it you know maybe just like a you know was, was, was fat's like a nickname just people had back then, or no? Generally, was he considered fat back then? That is well, actually a, yeah, Cardiff
1: literally calls him fat man. Fat man. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's, that was enough to get you called Fat Man back in the 60s.
2: Yep. And by today's standards, Svelte. <laughs> Cover a Fitness Magazine.
1: I guess he'd got the nickname in the 50s. So post-war, that probably was pretty fat.
2: Oh, when they were on rations. Probably, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Jesus.
1: Well, that's one thing I get watching the Twilight Zone is you realise, like, oh, yeah, for these people, World War Two was really recent.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like... I mean, but this episode was, what, 59 or 61? Like, this seven, episode I was think?
1: 61, yeah.
2: 61. Yeah. So... so it's... God, less than 20 years ago, you were, you know... You were in the... Just the end of world, the midst of World War II, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, if we think 20 years ago now... What, 2003?
1: and three nine eleven? I guess, would be 20 years so, ago. Yeah, they're about. And the same so, thing, right? It's
2: That's still fresh in our minds as well. I you assume,
1: mean, ever, yeah. especially in America, it's just assumed everyone remembers yeah. it.
2: Yeah.
1: And yeah, in episodes of Twilight Zone, it's just assumed if you're speaking to a bloke of a certain age, he fought in the war.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, what yeah. game do you want to be the best in the world?
2: Well, I was actually thinking about this during the episode because it very much the whole idea of having a um like a a, a being from like uh from beyond death or death itself even you know try to play in a sport to be the best. It reminded me of um it's a really old film, older than uh, older than this. We're talking what thirties um, where like a, a like a knight plays chess
1: with death oh i know the one you mean yeah is it the seventh is it the seventh seal i think you might be right yeah
2: yeah um and i'm really getting to get getting into chess in a big way again
1: I oh, it's, um, be... it's not quite as much earlier as you thought 1957
2: oh wow okay there we go so yeah <laughs> but uh yeah it reminded me of that in a way but um Maybe not as on the nose with Death himself playing your chess, but yeah, going back to the point of what game I want to be best at, I think chess is probably the chess would be the smart answer because you know, at least you know you're looking like a real intellectual if you're doing that. The the answer I'd probably say is probably something like Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to like go and just win evil. That'd be incredible.
1: Yeah. I was thinking like if I was just gonna answer for like what could I get rich off, it would just be like League of Legends or something, right? Wait for the mega
2: box, right? Yeah, Starcraft or something, yeah.
1: But then I was thinking you have to have a team for those.
2: Uh League of Legends, yes. Starcraft, Starcraft you just need no have, you see to have carpal tunnel syndrome, right? So
1: Yeah. Although it's not as big as it once was, there's still like hundred I mean, thousand dollar prices. Korea, right? Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Korea's huge. I I, th- I would the thing with fighting games I've always loved the idea of being good at them because when I hear people talk about fighting games it sounds like once you'd really learn the characters and stuff and it's just you and the opponent and there's you know thinking about distance and all of this it mm-hmm. sounds so mm-hmm. good but I've never played one enough to get to that point
2: I nah, will get you on Street Fighter 6 when it comes out <laughs>
1: maybe we'll see the fun the fun is playing it with someone else you both yeah. start on day one and you'd like get better together right build up together yeah yeah, yeah. that's the ideal of any that's the best experience i've ever had with fighting games the best i got was custom
2: them <laughs> and then they don't want to play with you anymore <laughs> Yep. for me it was arms
1: <clears throat> i didn't get super yeah. into arms because there was less of a barrier on like letting button mm. inputs I guess the only yeah. one I could imagine ever being this at is Mario Kart 8. <laughs> but that's... I'm I'm always the best in, like, my peer group, but then I go online and I'm reminded that there's, you know, a bunch of monster speed demons out there that I can't no, compete that, with.
2: There's always a farts racing online.
1: Yep. Yep. Well, the, th- the other question is, like, why... What's the thing that you've managed? You've got them this close to being like dedicated to being good at.
2: Oh man, did
1: um... you have? You put a fair amount of time into fighting games before.
2: Yeah, I mean, Smash, maybe Street Fighter. Yeah, but then again, it's a it's a similar sort of vibe to to to, to yourself with Mario Kart. Like, I was good to beat quite a few people online but then you'd go up against somebody that was just miles better and you're like oh my god like they're probably maybe actually maybe playing it in tournaments and such and you're like i'm nowhere near this mm. um it did get to the point where i was like Ah, oh, maybe it'd be cool to enter a tournament or two and take that next step but uh, yeah maybe that's about as close as i've got to being properly into something street fighter 4 back in the day um Chess back in high school. I used to be quite into it. But, yeah, never felt about taking that that next, that next step because too busy living my life to other stuff. You know? Too busy seeing the viewpoint of Fats as opposed to Mr. Cardiff.
1: Yeah, I can't... Do I'm you? definitely more of a Fats than a Cardiff. I can barely think of anything. I did get super into speed running, um, time trialling, Moo meadows on mario kart when me and mus had that back and forth with our times
2: yeah
1: yeah that was good and i even downloaded the best in the world time and was like chasing her but she had like five seconds on me yeah definitely i'm more of a fat like almost to a fault where i do so many different things i can't like fully dedicate myself to any of them Mm. i do a little bit of writing and then i do a little bit of podcasting and i want to play video games and I want to go hiking and I'm doing this and that and I'm hitting the gym. But I'm not the master of any of it.
2: <laughs> Jack of many trades, yes.
1: But people always forget the full the full quote is uh, Jack of all trades, master of none, but it's better than a master of one. Is it? I suppose. Yep.
2: It. Yeah, I mean, I, I class it is. Yeah, I suppose. That, yeah. That, that's
1: yeah. the original phrase and then people just keep forgetting to use the second half. <laughs> There's a few like that, like the um, blood is thicker than water or whatever. It's the blood of the bond is thicker than the water of the womb. It actually means that your brothers in arms are closer than your blood. Mm -hmm. Your like natural born brothers. Mm -hmm. Well, I have three questions I must ask you.
2: Oh, please do.
1: Who in this episode went into the Twilight Zone? Uh. Fats? Oh, uh, interesting. I would say Fats, like, he was of the Twilight Zone and he pulled Cardiff in, right?
2: I guess. Yeah, okay, yeah. I suppose thinking about it that way, then yeah, Fats was already <laughs> in this part of the Twilight Zone. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If
1: anything, Fats escapes the Twilight Zone in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. Cardiff takes his place. And then the other question. I would agree with that. So we're both agreeing that it's Cardiff.
2: I would say so, yeah, yeah.
1: Then the second question is easy. Does he deserve his trip to the Twilight Zone?
2: He was warned. <laughs> he, he was warned. And he gave him every chance to, to to back out. Even when he you know, quite clearly almost flubbed that final shot and set it up perfectly for Cardiff to, to sink. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, if you were thinking Russia you'd be going, well, hang on, why is he, he's letting me win here. Why? Why? You know, obviously he's thinking just a bit about the victory and taking that, that well, to that's, the top of the mountain top.
1: That's interesting that that worked because if that's essentially through the game, is Cardiff the best? Mm.
2: I guess he's able to then proclaim himself as the best. Mm. And I guess if in his if in his eyes he saw the win as legitimate, then I guess he can. He's got a right to call himself the best.
1: Yeah.
2: Even though maybe we as the viewer and maybe Fats himself, we always see that maybe Fats would still be considered the best at the end by potentially throwing that last shot. Or maybe he generally just did bottle it, who knows? Yeah. That's that's the the beauty of uh, nuance, isn't it?
1: It reminds me of, you must have seen this, there was an old YouTube animation like spoofing Ash Ketchum where like he goes and fights Brock, he's getting destroyed. And then, like the power goes out, and he um restores the power so Brock's fridge doesn't go off or whatever. And Brock gives him the badge out of pity. And then he's going <laughs> out, like telling people that he beat Brock. And Brock's like, oh, man, you didn't, though, did you?" <laughs> kind of reminds me of that. Like he gets a lucky break at the end, and then he immediately just turns around. And says, I'm the best. I'm the of the world! Finally at <laughs> the
2: best! It's like that meme when he's biting the medal. Yes. <laughs> <Not really.
1: laughs> and then the other thing we have to give this and it's not a rating of quality but on a scale of 1 to 5, where does this rate? On the tripometer? meter
2: The tripometer, meter As in how trippy I found the episode? I yeah. Suppose. Um... It's it's not that out there. I mean, it's a very like you said human story at the end of things. Like, yes, obviously we've got a, a a spirit coming back and challenging you to a pool game, but the actual crux and the and the moral of the story is human and grounded in a sense. It's why, like, I, you know, it's I could see, as we said at the very start, I could easily see this as a sort of an intimate stage show, um, intimate play. So I'd almost go a one, but that feels harsh in terms of, well, I don't know. Yeah, but it's, I, it's, yeah, it's it's
1: a tripper meter. It's not a it's not a yeah, rating. I suppose. I yeah,
2: yeah, I would I would probably go a one just in terms of yeah, there's a ghost, but the actual story itself is. Two guys chatting.
1: Yeah,
2: and I suppose being condemned to to spend the rest of your days playing lads who think they're the best at pool is a is a pretty grim existence, actually. Well, that's so what's interesting. To,
1: For yeah. facts it was a grim existence. I think Cardiff would love it.
2: Do you think I thought the final shot where he's kind of hunched over the pill? I guess, and, yeah, he was kind of tired by the
1: end. He, he looked, he
2: looked miserable. Imagine doing that for all existence until you get sick of being the best. Is that, well, that's, like, it. that
1: that's that's
2: almost it's playing at?
1: Maybe it's, so maybe it's he builds his own cage because if if Fats did throw the game at the end there, I think Cardiff could never do that.
2: Or he gets to the point where he thinks the only way I'm going to get out of this is by throwing the game against somebody. Then he'll realise all those years ago, all well, a lot time ago, fast did the same. Mm-hmm. He was never truly the best. It's an interesting take. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that bumps up to too, But two. There we go. It's, it's, it's definitely grounded. It's not out there massively so.
1: Uh, Jay, do you make content on that, that internet that you'd like to plug? Yes,
2: I do. Funnily enough, you might know about this content, Luke. <laughs>
1: um,
2: I record a podcast currently on hiatus. Um, well, we might be doing one last little bonus episode for uh, for the time being uh, called uh, the Monster Mash podcast, which is a podcast about the video game Monster Hunter talking about all the big beasties you can fight in that their video game. I did that with... Um, with Luke, and another gentleman named Jaster, who you could meet if you decide to toddle over and have a listen to that, Um, we're three of us are actually going to be moving on and recording a a new podcast coming up very soon about uh, The Legend of Zelda uh, Tears of the Kingdom, um, which will be airing pretty soon. I don't have any more information on you than that because Luke will know more than I will. Yeah we'll probably Um,
1: kick it off with like one or two episodes just before the game releases and then when it comes out we'll get into it.
2: And uh, I also do uh, an irreverent games comedy quiz show called The Game Game Show again with Luke and with uh, a a revolving door of guests. Um, But mainly um, myself, Luke, and a couple of other gentlemen who you can go over and meet if you decide to listen to that one too. It's a a good laugh if you like video games and uh, like a bit of banter, as they say. Um, But yes, that's that's mainly what we do.
1: Uh, This podcast is Time Enough Podcast, Time Enough Pod on Twitter. And you can find it, and all of our podcasts, by going to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius well for a dollar a month you can hear episodes a little early um but even if you don't want to donate that's the link you should go to if you just want to find all our different podcasts in one spot i've been thinking of getting just like a simple URL because it seems seems rude whenever someone wants to find our podcast to send them to the patreon right be nice to just have a podcastio podcastius.com and it's just the links
2: and get like a what about all the the podcasters the .gg now right? That's the
1: yeah something like that. Just a link tree or whatever. Yeah, you'll find something. And in the meantime, if you want to hear more of me, then me and Matt, whoever that is, uh, we do a podcast <laughs> called Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary. That's actually winding down just now, and that's also going to be replaced with Films or Filth, the Citizen Kane of podcasts. Where we're going to be counting down the top one hundred and also the bottom one hundred films as ranked by the users of IMDb.
2: I have a severe attachment to anything called the Citizen Kane. Off. <laughs>
1: <That
2: Yeah>. is... <laughs> always enjoy that moniker.
1: And till then, I can't remember if Matt has like a special sign-off for these. But we're going to go and challenge the ghost of one of the McElroys to be the best podcasters of all time. <laughs> you know, I've never listened to anything done by a single McElroy. I just know them from other podcasts mentioning them.
2: At least you didn't say somebody like Joe Rogan or something that would have made me cry.
1: I would like to challenge Joe Rogan, but I think he also does <laughs> like UFC, so...
2: Yeah, he probably probably kick our asses. <laughs> but he won't be as good at podcasts as us. Bye! See ya.